Hey guys, welcome to the Virtus Performance Podcast. This is episode number 25. Uh, Before I get stuck into the episode, I'd like to thank all you guys for listening for the last 25 weeks. Thank you for all of your messages of support and feedback and suggestions for the podcast. It's cool to have a little bit of, uh, I guess, influence from you guys about what we talk about and who we talk to. Uh, If you have been enjoying the podcast, please share it, please subscribe, uh, please rate and review. Uh, that gets us off the bottom of the uh, of the barrel of iTunes. Uh, today, I sat down and spoke to Bill Kerr, or Doc, as he's more commonly known, of Adventure Fit Travel. Uh, Venture Fit Travel is a really, really cool business, and and a business that, after hearing their podcast, Adventure Fit Radio, uh, I've kind of looked up to over the last few months in terms of the culture they're able to create and the I guess the vibe of of everything they do being an adventure travel company it's kind of colliding two worlds uh, which I'm very excited by so it's kind of cool to see that coming out in the business Um, Bill or Doc is very uh, driven when it comes to being a business owner and being an entrepreneur he's kind of living the entrepreneur life every day in terms of throwing everything he's got into his business, which is uh, really inspiring and, and really cool to listen to. So enjoy this. I uh, hope you have fun. If you've got feedback, feel free to send it through. Cheers. My personal and business goal is to be just a little bit better every day. I believe everyone, especially normal people, have a story to tell. The Virtus Podcast exists to help us all find small ways of consistent improvement by discussing the journey and experiences of each of our guests. Doc, welcome to the podcast. Cool, thanks for having me. It's uh, Coop's first time co-hosting, so welcome to you, Coop. Thanks. Looking forward to a good, good chat. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the podcast, Coop. Thank you very much. Doc, what gets you out of bed in the morning? What gets me out of bed in the morning? Um, well, shit. That was a. I, I was, yeah, yeah. I was, I was expecting like. Tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> no, mate. Already prepared. Straight into it. Already prepared that in my head. But um, <laughs> what gets me out of bed in the morning? Well. Um, I suppose I'm relatively passionate about what I do with AdventureFit. Um, so. What I uh, what I do is I I you know I put smiles on people's faces really. Oh, good answer. I mean, um, as a as an entrepreneur who's well you know three four years in, a lot of the time it was pretty hard to get out of bed in the morning. Not to get out of bed in the morning because I'm I'm pretty driven, pretty motivated. But like it was hard. It was a hard slog. So the thing that got me through was um, thinking about the impact that I have on other people. Um, all that adventure it has, you know, through you know, through what I do, I suppose. It's not all me. Um, yeah, so I suppose, uh, and I made a bit of a mantra earlier in the year when I um, was coming out of a bit of a rough patch that I had, and I did a lot of work to try and find um, <clears throat> to try and find what it is that makes me tick. Yeah. And it's funny that you asked that because <clears throat> we narrowed it right down. I did a lot of work with a mate of mine who's a he was doing a bit of life coaching, and I know it sounds kind of wanky, but I, I don't care. I'll back him in a hundred. 100, um, 100% because he's good at what he does, you know? Um, and we figured out that, yeah, making people 
you know, making people happy is what makes me happy. You know, I don't think there's such thing as a as an altruistic um, as an altruistic act. You know, it's win win, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because every every time I do something that makes somebody else feel good, it makes me feel fucking awesome. So um, to answer your question, uh, making other people happy is what drives me with Adventure Fit. Talk to me about Adventure Fit. Where did, where did it start? What is it for those that don't know? Yeah, um, so where it all started was um, I I was an avid traveller. I uh, I invested in real estate really young. I was um, from like 19 years old. I was buying, selling properties, renovating uh, renovating houses, so on and so forth. That's and sick. yeah, it was good. I mean, I was able to do a lot of things with the money that I made through doing that. Um, but my whole mindset was like shaped around money. You know, money equity, my property portfolio, that was how I gauged success, you know, my success. And that was really unhealthy. I think it was the wrong way to, way to be. And when I, was, uh, when I was 23, I was really sick for a, for a period of time there, for a year, I had to have medication and so on and so forth. Couldn't play football, couldn't um, drink and socialize, which, you know, wasn't the end of the world, but I was kind of ill as well. I was, the, the medication knocked me around. And about halfway through that period, I decided that I was doing everything wrong. You know, it was like a light bulb, you know, it was like a light bulb moment where, you know, I had all the subscriptions to all the property magazines. I'd come home for two hours every night and I'd be on realestate.com looking at all these hypothetical, I wasn't even in the market to buy, I'd be, but that's what I'd be doing <laughs> with, thinking my, about it. with my spare time, you know, and I just, one day I just figured out, I'm like, fuck, this is not, this is not right. I'm not, I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. I'm not experiencing things. Um, and then and there I was like, right, fuck it. As soon as I'm well. As soon as I'm good at the end of this 12-month period that I'm in, I had medication for a 12-month 12, 12 um, course, and then I decided that I was going to travel the world. So that's what I did. Um, and then six months in South America later, I came home for a few months, went back to South America, Africa, the UK, came home, went and surfed in Indo for two or three months. Amazing. Yeah, all this stuff for, for a good period of um, a few years. And then... Yeah, I was always, I was always worried, uh, not worried, sorry, I was always stressed a little that I could never train the way I wanted to overseas and, you know, I like to, I party a lot, well, I don't party a lot now, but I, I like to party, I enjoy, you know, getting yep. out and drinking beers and, you know, all the, all the fun stuff that you do when you're traveling, basically. Yeah. But I also always like to feel like I earned it and I never really felt, you know, that, I'd, I'd get like bugs crawling under my skin when I wasn't able to train and train hard and do, do some good stuff. So, I mean, I could drag this actual one question out for an hour and a half, to be That's honest, fine. the whole story. But, but from that, that was the itch that I felt like I wanted to scratch. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, I came home, entered the fitness industry, wanted to open a gym. The gym didn't work out because I didn't have enough money in the bank after selling my last property that I owned. <clears throat> but I had this plan, I wanted a gym and I wanted to take my members uh, every three months on a holiday, like an, an, an action-packed adventure kind of holiday. And the gym wasn't working out and I just, I was so, I wasn't that annoyed about the gym part of it. I'm yeah. like, I could take it or leave it with the gym, but I was shattered that I couldn't go and implement these holidays that I wanted to do with my members, you know? Like I just felt like that was such a good idea. It's gonna be such a good experience. So I thought, well, you know what? Fuck it, I'm just gonna open it to the general public. I wonder if just, Anyone and everyone will book on this this holiday. So yeah, um, got made a logo, started a Facebook page, got one graphic design poster made up for a um, New Zealand trip, eleven days in New Zealand. And I sold ten tickets on that with no website, no mailing list, no whatever, and then cool. yeah, eventually it started from there. 
were those people from your gym or were they just general pop? General um, public? No, they were. Was there was mixed? ten people originally, and and the first like nowadays, I'll probably know maybe one person on the trip. Uh, maybe maybe I won't know any. You know, uh, a bunch of uh, random people from all over the world. But at the start, there was I think three from the gym that I was working and coaching at. There was a group of four girls from a place, another place in Victoria who knew me through some competitions that I'd done or something in the past or something like that. And then it was about four people that I didn't know. That's pretty much how it worked, the demographic at the start. So, yeah. How'd that first trip run? How'd it, how'd it go? <laughs> uh, was it smooth sailing from the start? Uh, <laughs> look, I mean, I've got a pretty decent poker face. Like, early days, <laughs> early days, behind the scenes, like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it, but like we had no, well, we, probably me, I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing, you know, preparation-wise. Now, we are absolutely 100% prepared for, for anything and everything. We've got people in the back end that are there at all times in case anything goes wrong, and we've got a big team and whatever. But <laughs> the first New Zealand trip, I was like, so my whole idea was like, fuck it, I'm going to plan a holiday. I've never been to New Zealand. I'm going to plan a holiday. I'm just going to see if people pretty much pay to come with me (laughs) and pay for my holiday. That was like the whole idea, you know? Um, So I got to New Zealand and I'd never even been to any of the places that we were going to. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, so people were like... Very ballsy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just, that's probably my strength and my weakness is I'm confident enough to give things a crack. Yeah. Um, So like we'd arrived to places like Waitomo Caves and um, Rotorua, all these places in New Zealand. And you know, from time to time people would be like, oh, so this place, Bill, when when were you here first? Like, what's this like? Tell us all about it. I'm like, oh, I've never fucking been here. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been here. you guys. Yeah, yeah, don't ask me. Um, Having said that, so nowadays, nowadays we'll always make sure we've been to everywhere, um, prep prep the trip pretty well. But, um, But that trip, like, that trip was life-changing for everyone that went on the trip. Like, awesome. we got the most unfathomably good reviews. People coming up with tears in their eyes thanking me for the greatest experience they've ever had. One of the guys, Chris, who's coming on our Iceland trip in December for his second trip, um, Chris got a tattoo for, to, to represent the trip. He named it. Amazing. That's yeah, yeah. It was, it, was, it was epic. And I think, um, yeah, I think my staff, the way that we run things and... Uh, and the itinerary that I was able to create, I mean, well, I would have had to have really, really severely fucked it up for it not to be a pretty epic experience, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, no, we, we, we really hit it for six, even though we had no idea what we were doing. Awesome. It's an impressive start. It's, mm. it's, it's pretty cool. Did yeah, you, good. How long ago was that? Um, that was September 22nd, 2014. Okay. So I call that the birth though, you know. The, the, birthday, the yeah. contraception the contraception well, uh, was conceived in December December thirteenth, two thousand thirteen. It's yeah. funny, it's literally like nine months later, you know, like a, <laughs> <laughs> so baby. full term, you know. Surely not an accident. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's funny, so so that's like when it was conceived and that's the I call the birthdays the the anniversary of the first trip, which is September twenty second. Amazing. How many trips have you run since then? Um, you know what, I, I don't know. Cool. I genuinely don't know. I mean, I've got it written down. If you, if I, uh, if I needed to call on it, I could find it in two minutes. But yeah. I would say we would be, we'd be 30, 35 trips in now, something like that. You know, That's next awesome. year we'll probably run fifteen. Um, we've got eight, eight on the general pop, um, general pop calendar, and then we'll run a bunch for for um, private private gyms and, and um, corporate clients. So yeah, so probably about yeah thirty five trips in now. I'd say. Mm. How did you find the process of building the company from 
three years ago into what it is now? Um, <clears throat> well, it's funny, like, I've done everything myself, I'm self-taught, I'm, I go through stages where I'm addicted to things in my life, so when, it was, uh, when I was younger, it was real estate, so I would, I would be like, my mindset was like, if I read as much as humanly possible, if I study as much as humanly possible, I'm going to be the best real estate investor in the world, you know? Um, I moved away from real estate, then it became an addiction to travel, I wanted to open hostels, I wanted to do something in travel, obviously I, I have found that, what yep. I'm doing now. Um, then it was the fitness industry, when I entered the fitness industry, I want to be the best coach in the world, then it was being an entrepreneur. Um, so yeah, I definitely enjoy learning and, and teaching myself things and, and um, finding out about business, but it's so funny, like my friends that have seen me do what I've done with Adventure Fit, like a lot of people asked to buy me lunch, you guys, coffee, we had coffee, you guys yeah, came up, we had coffee, yeah. talk, talked a bunch of shit about business and, and training or whatever, but I get that a lot and I'll always say yes for the most part to people and and it's really good for people that I'm close to that because I can, I can you know, I have a lot of knowledge to impart now, you know, yeah. I've, mm. like I didn't deal with a spreadsheet for the first year, I didn't have a database, I didn't have a mailing list, I didn't have any emails for the first 15 months. I didn't even yeah. I didn't even know that uh, that was what I was supposed to be doing. You know, so like Tommy, who I do the podcast with, like he's starting his own thing. He's got all the spreadsheets, all the systems, all the formulas. Like fuck, and I wish yeah, I had someone, that. Yeah, yeah, but because I didn't, I want to help people that, that are on the same journey. So it's been interesting. Um, you know, if I look back six months into the past, and then twelve months in the past, eighteen months. I mean, it's chalk and. It's chalk and cheese. It's it's a totally different company. Yeah. I t- I think totally differently. The way we track things is totally different. So you just got to be evolving always, and you just got to never, never be happy with where you are. I, I think the moment you get complacent, and you're like, okay, I figured it out. Then you just it'll never happen. Yeah, no, it'll never happen. Some people probably get to that point, um, and that's when you know your business will. You, you, Businesses don't really stagnate in a happy place. Like you got to be striving to grow, or, or you'll be re- receding. You know, you can't. Yeah. There's not really a, an equilibrium. Um, so I think you you've always got to be trying to educate yourself. And for me, yeah. Look, I thought that's answered your question. I <laughs> Obviously, running a business, you've got like the amazing times when you'd have trips that go really, really well. Mm. Have there been some times? Like and running your own business, I, I've had had many of these days where it's just like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, mm. why am I doing that? Have mm. you had those times? And if you have, what's helped you kind of drive through? Um, yeah, I definitely have for sure, for sure. Like, I've had years of that, mate. <laughs> dead, like deadly serious. I, yeah. I think like 2016, <clears throat> I had um, I just had breakfast with a, a friend of mine who. Uh, from the gym I used to work out really old buddy and he's like just stoked to you know see the progress of Adventure Fit and we're talking about a lot and whatever and I told him in 2016 so last year like I imagine and I don't know this but I imagine most people would have thrown the towel in you know yeah um, I am extremely driven and stubborn I suppose <laughs> um, you know not a bad quality yeah well it's not bad my, my business coach from um, I was dealing with a business coach last year. He was fantastic, but we ended up stop, stopping working together. Um, he told me once, because I was getting hit for six, just hit pillar to post, just smash, we're losing money everywhere. Nothing yeah. that was we planned to work was, was actually working. And I'd come in every fortnight when we'd meet and I'd stand up in front of the wipe. I'm like, Ariane, look at this. Hey, what about this? And try, let's try this. I've got this plan. This is going to be awesome. And always with so much energy. And he said to me one day, he's like, he just started giggling and shaking his head. He's like, mate. 
I'm like, what? What are you laughing at? <laughs> and then he said, you are the most driven person I've ever met in 15 years of, of, um, of coaching. And he says, I mean that 100%. I've never met anyone as driven as you. And I was chuffed, you know. I'm thinking, fuck, check me out. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, but he said, yeah, but he said that's not always a good thing, you know. It's, you got to know when to... You got to know when to fold them, uh, and it doesn't have to be your whole business. But you got to know if something's not working, then don't. Which keep... ideas to cull and which ones to keep going with? Yeah, that's yeah. right. And I'm terrible with that. You know, I'll hang on to something until, you know, a bunch of people are like, "Hey, man, fuck, it's not working." <laughs> Let like, it die. You're kidding yourself. <laughs> you know. So, so um, and and I went through lots of periods where um where things were really bad. I, I remember like, I remember we were so financially strapped and, and everything was um that you feel like it's kind of falling cr- crumbling down around you yeah and i remember i was training as a weightlifter i was taking it pretty seriously i was like you know competing national championship level or whatever you know i was going okay but i took it really really seriously and i'd had all these um back issues i had bulge discs um i had two bulge discs and a torn disc in my lumbar and i'd spent it was a period where i wasn't able to compete for about two years but this was about in the middle of that period i'd been training for a year I just hit, uh, I was one week out from the from my comeback competition after a year. I just hit PBs in the snatch, clean and jerk, and jerk, I think, in the heavy week in training. It was a deload week, super, super light. Was in doing some really light back squats, just playing around like a Monday. And then bang, my back went. I had the biggest back spasm I've nearly ever had. Oh, yeah. And it was just really, really, really hurt me emotionally. Like, I was really disappointed. Yeah. And then that night... I was sleeping on my couch because I'd rented out my rooms on Airbnb. So I was for a full entrepreneurial style. Like I did that so many times through the tough periods. I would rent, so I was literally like homeless inside my own house. I was sleeping, sleeping on my own couch. And uh, sleeping on my own couch and I had this tendency because I had so much business in the US and, and abroad that I'd fucking check my phone in the middle of the night. And so I checked my phone in the middle of the night and one of the accommodations that we had for the US trip that we had coming up in a month, had emailed me and said, hey, Mr. Kerr, you didn't pay the deposit um, when the time was um, by the due date. So we've since opened your rooms to the general public and they've all been sold. We just thought we would let you know. <laughs> so um, that was a, you know, a fuck up on my behalf, but normally everything that we book is through one certain system. Yep. And this right. is a different system. Um, and instead of being one week out with confirmation of numbers, it was four weeks out, and I missed. They didn't tell me that anything. I was furious. Yeah. But that cost us because it was the middle of summer. It was less than four weeks from the actual date. The accommodation we didn't have accommodation for the trip we we're about to run, and we didn't have money to pay seven thousand dollars, whatever it was, to, to fill an extra eighteen spots at new accommodation. There was yeah. no accommodation for for sale. So. I mean, that was a period where I didn't know what to do with myself, you know. There was no money I could take from anywhere. There was no, it just, it was unf- just unfairly stressful on somebody, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, that was pretty much when I started meditating, really. Um, yeah, that was, that was probably, probably the beginning because I got to the point where I would sit at my desk, at my, at my, computer at my laptop and I would stare at the screen and I had so many things that were broken, so many things that were fucked, I would I wouldn't not know which one to hit. Yeah, but I yeah. couldn't I would I would be I would be I would be numb. Like I'd just be staring at my screen and, and I, I wouldn't be able to, to work sometimes and um 
Yeah, that's actually from, from, I think it was that point in time was when I actually started. I've been playing around with it, meditating, probably done 10 sessions in a year, maybe yeah. less. Yeah. Um, it was less because I had the Headspace app and I wasn't through that, it's 10 free sessions. Um, and yeah, then I, that was when I, I was at my most stressed and I remember I went and meditated. I thought, fuck, I'll give this, I'll give this another go. Went and meditated and, um, and I remember I had so much going on in my head. I had, if you can imagine your head being very busy, I had say a million things in my head. Yeah. And I remember sitting down and five minutes has gone and nothing's really, you know, it's not really happening for me. And then big breath in, big breath out. And then I was like, oh, I feel like I've got 500,000 things in my head. That's cool. Another big breath in, another big breath out. And I was like, oh, I feel like I've got 1,500 things in my head. This is Same. fucking amazing. Yeah. You know, 50 things, two things, and then just breathed out. And I was like, oh my God. Heaven. That's, this is fucking incredible. So <laughs> it was the first thing that I realized, the first time I realized that meditation actually works and, you know, it's not just a woo-woo thing that people people do that are super spiritual. Um, I remember I got up that day, shook my arms out, ready to go, sat down at my desk and just started taking care of all the problems that I had. Um, and then... Yeah, so meditation's been a big one for me and um, just just being driven to, to not give up, you know. Um, Where do you think that drive comes from? Is that something that, I guess, was instilled in you from a young age or something you've always had? Um, no, nah, that's a good question. Uh, I'm not really sure where it comes from. Um, look, I... <laughs> It's kind of a little bit out of necessity. Like, yeah. obviously, it's necessity that I have to keep my, my business afloat, but some <laughs> people don't feel the need as much. But I mean, I, I didn't like what I used to do. I used to be um, a tradesman, used to work in, in um, used to work as a, as a plumber for years and years and years, as while I was renovating houses saying, and stuff, you know? Because yeah. that's not a normal thing to do for a 19 year old to be buying no. houses. So, no. do, do you think that you're always going to do something like that and just? like initially try and chase chase money and chase, I guess, success? Mm -hmm. Or do you think that's something that you would just kind of like, yeah, let's give it a go and you enjoy um, the challenge? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not sure about the drive. I think for me, the the old, the old alternative wasn't, I didn't want to go back to the alternative. So, um, and I also have always thought that I can make Adventure Beat the coolest fucking greatest company in the world. It won't be the biggest company in the world. It's not a tech company. It's not going to be, it's not going to be valued at $50 billion. But I can make it the coolest company in the world. I genuinely believe yeah. that and I have from the start. So that's a part of the drive. But to your question about like, you know, starting things and, and was I always destined to go out and give something a crack and become an entrepreneur? The, the, the fact of the matter is like, it's proven that if you invest in real estate, for example, or if you go and um, build a big share portfolio or you go and start a business on your own, whether you win, lose, fucking draw, whether, whether you... However it ends up, yep. if you do that from a very young age, then you become, is it risk averse when you're not, when you're not, you, you're not um, afraid of risk? It's risk averse, right? Yeah, uh, risk averse means yeah. you, yeah. Not yeah. Afraid of risk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so um, because I invested in real estate when I was 19 years old, so from 19 years old, I mean, when we're talking about money, for example, I was dealing in, like my mates were dealing in tens and twenties and fifties, you yeah. know, if they lost a bunch of money or, or, or something, you know, had a bad week, they might've lost a couple of hundred bucks from not working as much that week or, you know, something like that. I was dealing in tens of thousands, you know, and hundreds of thousands from, from a very young age and it didn't, didn't scare me because I got used to it very early. I had three properties at 22. So that means that in my latter years, then everything was 
the risk was always at a lower scale. It was never, I'd handled risk, you know, I'd seen it before and I'd seen it when I was young. So yeah. that allowed me to go out and just have a crack at, you know, anything without really fretting too much. People ask me, how did you, you know, how did you get the guts to start adventure? And I've never- Just done it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it was not even a thing that crossed my mind, you know? It was, it was I'm gonna go do this and hopefully it works. And if it doesn't, then fuck, who cares? Yeah. I mean, you've had a crack. What have I lost? <coughs> you know? Yeah, and from like outside looking in, you think of the two things majority of people, especially our age, love. It's travel and and training. Mm-hmm. And like that that spark and that idea and scratching the itch of being able to put them both together is pretty like it's pretty cool. Like as mm-hmm. soon as I heard about Adventure Fit and I think I heard about it because of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, fuck, that's a cool idea. Mm. Like a, a really, really cool. Yeah. Um, where did the, um, the initial passion for, for training come in? Um, I've always trained. Uh, I used to be uh, I used to be a footballer, so I used to just play locally. Um, but I took it really seriously. So anything I'm doing in a sporting, um, like anything that I'm that I'm competing in, I take it very very yeah. seriously. Um, so and that's just been that's just been since I was very young. I don't know why. I don't know. I just I just like to give myself the best chance like to competitive do competitive spirit. Yeah, I just like to just give myself the best chance to do well. You know. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I used to be, uh, like, I mean, as a, as a local footballer, we get paid, I used to get paid like $150 a game or something like that. And say, you know, you got maybe three hours Tuesday, Thursday at training, and then you got maybe, you know, five hours of the game, that's 11 hours. So most people probably do 11 hours. I would probably have been at the footy club maybe 30 hours a week, you know. Uh, well, that's probably that's probably a lie. Probably um, 20 to 25, you know. Uh, me and a couple Putting of other guys. Extra hours, yeah, just doing just in the gym, yeah. you know, trying to get better, doing extra training, like as in running training and stuff, skills training. Just something that I've always done. So, um, and then for me, I found CrossFit through wanting to get better at football. Um, I did CrossFit for a little while and gave up football, and then. And then I found weightlifting through CrossFit. I gave up CrossFit to get better at weightlifting. Competed pretty heavily at weightlifting for a while. And, and then now, I'm not able to, I was on a, on a program as a powerlifter just down at, at, um, in South Melbourne when I trained. And it's the first time in my life I can't give everything I want to give to competing and taking it seriously and giving it, having it, giving it a crack. Yeah. So I pulled myself off the program. I said to Alex, my coach down there, I said, I'm not, I don't want a program anymore. I just want regular gym. I'm just gonna come in two or three days a week. Yeah. Because for my mind state, basically, I was going out, because I was on a program and I was supposed to be following that, I was supposed to be getting stronger, I was supposed to be this and that. And I wasn't able to do to travel and do to work okay. and stuff. And me prioritizing yeah. work over. You almost, you almost got that fight between being an entrepreneur and spending time on the business and yeah. training and looking after yourself. 100%. I couldn't do both things well. Mm. So I look after myself enough, but competitive-wise, I had to step away because I didn't want to feel like I was doing something really poorly, yeah. you know, for my, for my own benefit. You know, yeah. want to feel like that. So so training now for me is, a, is, you know, I want to look good. I want to maintain a relative level of strength and fitness. Um, and well, still be able to commit your time to yeah. other things. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Right. Mm. Do, you, do you struggle with that, being a, someone who's perfectionist, for lack of a better term, with footy and CrossFit and weightlifting? Um, no. Or are you kind of okay with it now? No, not really because, I mean, I'm a very competitive person and I think, I think now what I'm competing is 
uh, competing in is I'm competing in business. You know, yeah. like I'm, I'm literally the, the extra hours that I'm putting in in the office is the equivalent in my mind. Like it's the same gym, feeling yeah. as putting extra hours in the gym. Yeah. So um, I think that that hard work and that dedication definitely translates from that training context to business. Yeah, for sure. It's probably a lot of people's like logical next step in life really yeah you know most people don't start a business early but if you've got a good work ethic and you know how to you know how to train really hard and you've put in 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 sport and you can transfer it over to anything pretty easily i remember jared fleming he's a mate of mine he's an american champion weightlifter yeah 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 he's a great great guy he came on our mexico trip and um jared was talking about a vipassana retreat meditation retreat so vipassana is you guys familiar with vipassana 10 10 day meditation retreat yeah so anyone that's listening that doesn't know what a pastor is, it's 10 days in science, meditating 10 hours a day. Um, and it's actually quite hard on your body, it's quite hard on your mind as you could imagine. Um, but Jared was talking to me, I was talking to Jared about it, he'd never even meditated before. Really? And he went and did a Vipassana trip. <laughs> that's right. outrageous. Yeah, and I said, what? I'm straight in the deep end. Yeah. Like, what are you thinking? <laughs> like, he said, what, uh, what are you? And then I said, was it hard? Was it difficult? So many people say it's the most difficult thing they've ever done. And Jared was like, nah, it was easy. Like, it's almost like he would have gone in with no expectations, not having meditated before. Yeah, but he's also, from like 12 years old, been a national level elite, elite competitor yeah. in something. So he was like, I just thought about it like I think about training. Focus. And my whole life, I've, I've just gone and I've trained no matter how shit I feel, no matter how I'm feeling mentally, physically, yeah. I'm in the gym. Just do it. And I do it, you know? Yeah. And that was really cool. I was like, it just, he said it was... It was easy, and that was because he had that. He already had that in his. Um, yeah, he's got that. Yeah, that winning mindset. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's cool. That's a cool mindset. Like I've seen my mindset change the last couple of years with footy being the priority mm-hmm. to starting a business to going well. I actually enjoy working more than I enjoy playing footy, wow. which is a mind blowing thing to say. Like if you told twenty year old me that I'd yeah. say that, I would be like, not a chance in the world. Yeah. But as soon as you're building something, it's you're right. You're competing against business, but you're yeah. and you're actually creating something that, well, for you, didn't exist, and it's something that's completely, completely new, mm. um, which is which is kind of cool. Yeah. Well, you're the same as me though. Like, I mean, what you do is you help people. Mm. So, I mean, I get I get just a little dumbfounded with the people that like work 80 hours a day in the stock market and when money is the goal, you know, yeah. not, not helping people is the goal because I, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to work 80 hours. I can work, 2016 I was working 90 hours a week in general to keep Adventure Fit alive. It wasn't all in Adventure Fit, it was doing money, bringing money in on the side, whatever. Yeah. And I was able to do that because I was like, yeah, I'm fucking creating something You're amazing. making the world a better yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. I'm, everything I'm, you do. Yeah, and, and I'm getting, Tangible results of people being like, that was fucking awesome. Don't stop doing what you're doing. Like, please keep it, keep it, keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. I just, so I think it's easier for me and you to, to, to really put that time in. Yeah. I mean, some people are able to do it in, in, in fields that aren't really making, you know, a positive impact and that's cool, but I just, I don't think I could. I'm not a, yeah. So anyway, I don't know. How, how, how do you go with Adventure Fit and kind of building a community around it? Do you find the same people want to keep coming on trips or do you find you have to f- find their friends or new people? Because um, I guess my big focus at work is building a community of people that all want to help each other get better. Mm. And I always found it interesting with travel where people travel together and they want to keep traveling together. Mm. So how do you find it with building that community around that brand? Um, it's probably not something we've done fantastically well, to be honest. Um, I mean, we don't have 
or we haven't in the, in the past had um, an avenue for people to we, we, we create like little Facebook groups for all the trips and they'll always be very like very active for like months after the yeah. trip everyone's become best friends and so on and so forth and we've had people that have come back like Craig's coming on in December um, on his fourth trip in 18 months that's cool you know which is yeah he, he plans his life and his, and his holiday around AdventureFit you know what, where we're going and when um, so we do that relatively well but creating a community is not something that we're we're really great at it's something that I've I'm always thinking of ways to strengthen our community and and so forth but for me so much of the first three and a half years has been like keeping the keeping the keeping it driving yeah, yeah keeping keeping everything keeping afloat yeah yeah keeping everything, everything afloat and I know community will do that also like having a rock solid community that, that absolutely love you so um, I mean Creating the podcast is probably a big part of that. You know, people actually getting to know us before they come on a trip. You know, I've I've people all over the world, and you know, that have reached out to to me and Tommy, and I've relationships with with people I might never ever meet that I'm quite close with to a degree. That's cool. In form of you know just going back and forth in emails, and that's people that tell me the deepest darkest shit ever. So, I mean, that's been something that's pretty cool for us, but. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we just try and create the most amazing experience we can on the ground. Yeah, you know, and and we, we kind of, I suppose we're we're very unique in a number of ways. I've never looked at the travel industry and, and gone, okay, this is what I need to do. I've I've never really looked at my competitors ever. It's not it's not it's not I'm not saying it's a good thing. It's probably silly. <laughs> I went to the I went to the travel expo last month, um, and within a within a couple of hours of talking to random people around the place I came up with some great ideas that I've never thought of you know I should be ingratiating myself a lot more with yeah. the tourism and travel industry but I don't um, and so we've never I don't I don't I wouldn't go on one of my holidays either because of the way that I like to travel I don't like to travel in, in groups yeah. a huge portion of the community it's perfect for they, they just love it they want everything planned they don't want to have to think not me so I didn't really have anything to base it off so our whole vibe on a trip is very it's like we're all a bunch of backpackers and we've just met for the first time, including our staff. Like I say to the crew, I say to the crew at the start, and this might sound silly, it might sound crazy, but I think it works better than, than the other options out there. Uh, I say to people, I say, look guys, um, this is, you know, give them a bit of a briefing about how things will work and so on and so forth. And then I go on to say that at some point, um, not at some point, I just saw my friend walk through the window, I lost my friend. Um, what I say, what I say is, sorry guys, what I say is, um, is we're here to facilitate the best week of, you, of your lives, guys, and we will do that. We will make sure everything runs smoothly. Where any questions you have, we will be there. We will bend over backwards, blah blah blah. But we're not, we're not tour guides. Yeah. We we aren't tour guides. I mean, that's that's not how we do this. We're your friends. That's so cool. treat us. So treat us like that. Um, we've probably gone a little bit. Um, we've probably gone a little bit overboard from time to time in things that we've said we've probably crossed a few lines um you know socially drinking and so forth and, and partying a little bit too much in the early days um but i think by and large i mean we're we're on the same level as everyone that we're traveling yeah. with we're just facilitating we're, we're the ones that are making sure everything everything comes together nicely and i don't really know um i've done very very limited group travel you know i've done much picture in a group and you know things like that and i just feel like it's just a a really nice way to do things, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're sharing you're sharing your experience with people. Yeah, which has value. Yeah, that's right. And I keep <laughs> you keep asking me questions, and then I answer it, and then I feel like far out. <laughs> that was not even anywhere near what you asked me. But <laughs> Mate, isn't that podcasting? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, how, how do you go like running a travel company doing your own travel now uh yeah it's been difficult for sure like because i needed to start a venture with a with 100 grand in the bank and i didn't have that yeah. so we've been chasing our tail the whole time and we've always been riddled with debt and stress and money stress whatever now we're starting to get a little bit more freed up so as soon as that happened, so this year in May was the first time since, to, since 2013 that I was able to do any of my own travel. Um, and that was actually not my own travel, that was just extending the Thailand trip that we were on yep. for an extra seven days. Having said that, it was one of the best seven day stretches of my life. I did my dive certificate, I made a bunch of new friends, I fucking did, uh, do, um, dove with a whale shark, just awesome. had an awesome time. Partied heaps, which I, I hadn't partied. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I really, like I don't party much these days, but, and I also, I'm 31, so I was, I was in a hostel and I felt like, I wonder if like, I wonder if I've got it in me to, to really light it up again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I ended up, uh, fire. <laughs> yeah. I ended up having three nights in a row of, of partying and, you know, I proved to myself that I probably, if I really needed to, I probably got it in me. Taking <laughs> <laughs> um, that box. Yeah, yeah. But, so that was fucking amazing because it actually reminded me like why I, do this thing, yeah. you know, because for me, I have a great time with everybody that comes on <laughs> comes on our trips. I end up with ten new friends, but it's still work for me. Yeah, you know, it's still it's work in very like awesome destinations. We can be doing some cool stuff, but it's still it's not travel, you know. So I did that, and then I, I just obviously um, not obviously I just um, recently got back from Vietnam which was over there for three weeks um, and that was that was the first time I'd actually gone and planned my own holiday it wasn't tacked on to an adventure in anything it was right I'm going to go to Vietnam and I'm going to do this mm. and it was just awesome again it was so amazing so it's really good to um, it's good to have adventure fit so I can go and see the world and I can make new friends and I can show people awesome travel experiences but I still need to have my own sense of adventure you know so I'm so glad that now I'm getting back to that, uh, where I can I can spend you know a little bit of time and go and do my own thing yeah. after getting, a trip. It's getting back to the root of why you created Adventure Fit in the first yeah. place. Yeah, it's exactly that. So it it yeah, it's really it's really rewarding for me now to travel, and then yeah, I just get really excited and, and it makes me pumped about travel in general and the, the feeling that you get because it is easy to forget that you know if you do. If you do the most amazing thing, if you do the most amazing thing, we'll put it this way, my uncle owns an apple orchard. And, <laughs> and they're the tastiest, most glorious, crunchiest apples you'll ever eat. Yeah, he's probably sick about that. No those. one fucking eats apples in Marnie <laughs> and Uncle's family, like, yeah. because, you know. Yeah. So, and I don't ever want to get like that with travel, so I need to be out and, and you know, being refreshed <laughs> and, and excited about it, and otherwise it all becomes, yeah, work-like, and that's yeah. not good. So. What, what percentage of your trips, and just throw a number out there, would you have been on? Is it like a smaller percentage? Uh, probably been on like 80% of them. Okay, so be on the most. Yeah, yeah um, this year I've been on all of them, uh, which is strange. Last year I was on two of eight yeah. uh, by choice, and this year I was on you know all of them by choice. So, But ideally, my life would look like, and this is not going to happen next year, uh, I'm going to be on more trips than then I would probably ideally go on, but yep. it's cool, I'm happy to do it, and it's gonna be great. But ideally, I would have probably two trips a year, that I, the ones that I'm most looking forward to um, going on, and then I would tack on my own travel inside of that, yep. um, or, uh, at the end, of, at the end really, and then, um, yeah, that's probably, 
that's probably pretty pretty good for me. I mean, I'm not I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I'm not a I'm not a. I do love travel, but I, I've got a dog. I've got a business. I've got a life. So, um, it's very tempting for me to put my backpack on and you know my laptop and my scribble pad are, are that's that's adventure you know yeah, yeah. It's, everything's online so it's very tempting for me to work as a backpacker and run adventure fit you know i could do that being close to doing that um look i'm always thinking about i'm always thinking about moving abroad more so i think about yeah moving somewhere like doing getting away from the winters yeah so yeah. i'm genuinely genuinely thinking about um Next year, through the middle period, four or five months when it's coldest in Melbourne, I might go live in Bali, um, cool. surf every day, and awesome. could take Ziggy over there, and you know, because I, I got to look after Ziggy, and, and it, sure I could maybe go into Southeast Asia with him, and maybe you know, chuck him, chuck him on my back, and <laughs> cruise around, with him. put him on like one of those little vests, yeah, yeah, like a little on your chest, man. yeah, baby vest, um, pack on the back, dog on the front. What time? What time, dog is he? He's a he's a dachshund. He's a mini. He's a sausage dog. So nice, he's, nice. He's, a couple of our staff that'll be like yeah, falling on the floor awesome. to get around awesome. him. Oh yeah, he's yeah, the mate. best. He's the best. So <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Um, so now I've thought about it. I've thought about it for sure. And I'm single, you know. So there's nothing stopping me from doing that. Yeah. Um, I'm not always going to be single. I hope that I'm not always going to be single. Um, <laughs> you know. So while I have the opportunity, you know, it might be something that I'll that I'll end up doing. It's cool. It's one thing that. Um, that I haven't ticked off that I always wanted to tick off which is um, is living abroad you know bunking down in in the UK or Canada or Mm. the US Bali, Thailand I could live anywhere I just would love to really yeah get get thrown into another culture another you know we're so different our physio has lived overseas a lot like Mm. he's a um, he's lived another 20-30 years on us it's my easy way of saying he's old. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. But he's, he says he's like, everyone should live overseas, overseas, <laughs> overseas at least once in terms of actually moving your life and yeah. having a postal address and you know having a driver's license and all yeah. of those different things because it actually makes you really appreciate everything that we've got here, but also it challenges you to adapt to a new environment. Which, yeah. You know, when you're like, I grew up on the peninsula, right? Like I'm still close-ish to the peninsula, mm-hmm. living on the peninsula now, like I've never spent more than six weeks away from there. So mm-hmm. I think it's something that I'd love to do at some point, but yeah. Where, Especially for, yeah, for young people, yeah, who haven't who haven't moved out of home before or mm. who haven't gone out and experienced things. I think it just gives you a different perspective on on your life and, yeah. and what you have and what you want. Hundred um, percent. And it challenges you to make friends. You know, yeah, be yeah. social. Yeah, yeah. Like you got to. All right, fuck. It's just me. I don't have anyone to fall back on. Yeah, that's a great feeling. Mm. It's a daunting feeling, mm. but when you start succeeding, yeah. you know, like, and I'm only talking about when I've travelled, I've never lived anywhere, but I've travelled, you know, I've, I've yeah, I've travelled solo a bunch, and, you know, it can be like, fuck, like, what am I doing? You know, yeah. you get those thoughts, and then you make amazing friends, and you, you travel, and you have these awesome experiences, and you're like, oh, wow, I'm really, you know, yeah. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm a cool guy. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really <laughs> on. I think like, be- on the flip side of that, there's also being comfortable just being by yourself. Like traveling solo. Yeah. We were talking about this the other day with um, after your podcast with Bo Miles about yeah. how people don't spend time just by themselves mm. for extended periods of time. With no interaction. No interaction yeah. with any other people. Mm. Um, 
and it sort of draws back to the um, the meditation retreat, the 10 mm. days just not speaking or interacting with anyone. Mm. Um, something people just don't have exposure to. Nah, I'm terrible with that. I mean, I've always got, I've, I've at all times, that is mine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but because I was about to say, I was about to say, at all times, I've got a set of iPhone headphones around my neck. Yeah. Any time that I'm away from people, if I'm walking to get a coffee, if I'm walking yeah, listening lunch, to something, yeah, or, yeah, which is good because I'm always trying. It's always pretty. For the most part, it's normally educating myself, listening to an audiobook or a good podcast or whatever. It's not normally music. I'll work to music, but I'll if I'm if I'm not working, yeah, I'll listen to something. But that's like I have to stop myself. If I'm like walking Ziggy on the beach or something, and it's a beautiful morning, I'll have to stop myself sometimes and, and like pull the headphones out and say, just, just appreciate yeah. the sound of the fucking Be ocean. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. In the podcast did a couple of weeks ago with a guy named Bo, Bo Miles, he's an adventurer, a filmmaker, all that kind of stuff. He He's challenged me was spend 24 hours by yourself with no human interaction, no music, no phone, nothing. So I think next, next week, week and a half, I'm going to go away for... 24 hours on an island off, off, off uh, Wilson's Prom mm-hmm. and just spend 24 hours by myself and just yeah. see what it's like. So That's sick. It's, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little bit daunting actually now it's getting closer, but it's something I said, yeah, I'll do it. And then now it's just like, fuck, it's actually better. <laughs> like, because yeah, I'm, I'm exactly Now I've got to do it. Yeah, I've, I've actually got to do it. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm always podcasting an audiobook or, or something. Um, yeah. And that's, yeah, just silence and or mm. and silence is deafening, as, yeah. as Bo said. So it'll be interesting. No, it'll be great, man. I think I really, really, really would love to, and I just will at some point when I get a little bit more time or whatever, but I would love to do it like a trip to the US and just do national parks, but do it by myself. Yeah. Just go and hike yeah. and just, just be by yourself, just read, and then fucking just, just hike and just be in nature. I think it's just super refreshing for the brain, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. Um, I could do it in Melbourne. I should do it in Melbourne. I keep saying that I want to go to Werribee Gorge. I want to go to the yeah. New Yangs. Well, re- recreate your backyard a little bit. Yeah, 100%, because I'm very bad with like traveling in Australia. I'm one of those people. <laughs> Everyone takes their own oh, yeah, backyard for granted. Mm. Um, yeah, that'll be great, man. You'll love it. Mm. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be sick. Talk to me about your podcast. Why'd you start it? Um... I started it because I was listening to podcasts and I thought, oh, this is cool. Um, <laughs> oh my I, God, same. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of hard. I, um, we had access to pretty high level athletes for a while there with Adventure Fit coming on our trips and stuff like that. I thought, oh, this could be cool. I could get those guys involved. And then I went to, um, I went to, I'm a creative guy, so that helps, but I went to a seminar thing uh, in Melbourne. It was like an entrepreneurial, like, like it was a bunch of different business coaches and, and leaders or whatever. It was basically that they were kind of pitching, you know, buy our program, yep. get a, get our coaching, get our training. But this particular one, because I've been to a couple of things like that, this particular one, there was quite a lot of value. There was quite a lot of really good stuff. So I went there very early days. When I started our podcast, it was about 18 months ago. I'd planned it for a year before that. I just hadn't taken, oh, taken the plunge, you know. Yeah. Um, I wish I had done it earlier. But yeah, so I remember them bringing up, uh, bringing up, the fact that um, podcasting is a really good medium for getting through to your, your community, your tribe, you know, so people can hear your voice connect with you. It's really real. It's really easy for me. I feel yep. comfortable doing it. So um, I think I'd already had the idea. And then when I went and I actually went to this entrepreneurial day and someone was presenting about kind of podcasting, then I just went back and said, fuck it, I'm, just, I'm doing it. Same yeah, thing. Cool. Jump off the deep end. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I'm so glad I did because it's just amazing. Like, our, like I'm very proud of what I've created with Adventure Fit so far. We're miles away from 
what I would call successful, but obviously we're, we're doing okay. Um, but the podcast, like, it's nearly my crowning achievement in life. Awesome. I'm so fucking yeah. proud of it. I really am. Like, man, Tommy and Ben, who I just had lunch with, an old friend of mine, he was... He reached out and told me that he wanted to make sure, he's not sure if people will tell me this, because a lot of times people won't, but he wanted to let me know that he fucking loves our podcast. It's the best thing that he looks forward to every day, blah, blah, blah. All stuff. We get that all the time, you know? So I'm genuinely, genuinely so absolutely proud of what we've created. It's Tommy is as well, I know that. We've always talked about, because we're all like, right, we're gonna make money, we're gonna make money by this point. We haven't yep. made any money, it's just more. <laughs> so I've had to reframe and be like, okay, that's cool. This is now part of Adventure. It's exposure and like our yeah. marketing plan or whatever. Totally fine. We've, we've restructured a bunch of stuff and, and it's all good. But I said to Tommy, I said, look, if it gets to the point in a couple of years' time where we're not enjoying it as much, our lives are busier, we just we decide that we go our separate ways, we don't podcast anymore, then I'll forever be so fucking proud of what we've created. Yeah. Because some of the conversations that we've had have just made people so happy. So I, I was a little bit apprehensive. I'm not a naturally comfortable guy in front of cameras and microphones um but yeah i didn't think i'd love it as much as once you start I doing do. it it's, it's uh yeah it's really enjoyable yeah um it's just your ability to sit down talk to people for an extended period of time without the distraction of phones or yeah. Yeah. all that next task you've got to do yeah. like until right now i hadn't thought about work fuck i had, I had a good good hour of not thinking about work but <laughs> And it's just, and it's genuinely that, it's genuine. And yeah, it's, and it's people, people are telling their story and yeah, and you're able to just talk. What's been the biggest thing you've learned in that 18 months doing the podcast? And I know you've spoken to a shit ton of people, but what's been, for people that maybe don't listen to podcasts or have never really sat down and thought about it, mm. what value do you get? The biggest thing I've learned, um, Shit, that's a big question. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't really know. I suppose just the value of putting yourself out there. Yeah. You know, like if I didn't put myself out there, I was so nervous. Tommy, Tommy took to it like a duck to water. He was, he was our gags man. He was our uh, our segments <laughs> guy at the start. That was his role. Myself and Mac were the hosts at the at the very start, co-hosts. Um, Tommy took to it to a duck like a duck to water. I was like in between kinda, and Mac was very very nervous always and and apprehensive and. And you know, and then it grew on me and stuff. But if I didn't, so it wasn't something that I was just instantly. Yeah, I'm going to be good at this. Uh, it's it's going to be great. You know, whatever. So it took me out of my comfort zone to actually go and, and take the plunge. And if I didn't do it, I mean, I've learned I've learned too much from individual guests to, to narrow th- down to one thing. You know, so yeah. I'm talking about yeah. more of a general yeah. starting the podcast definitely frame. But but um, if I didn't do that, then I never would have had so many of the great conversations I've had. I was I've able to. Because I have a platform, because I, I was able to build a platform for myself, I've yep. been able to interview and become friends with some of my heroes. Yeah, you know, and I think um, I think the fact that anyone out there starting a business, like you can build that platform for yourself as well. You know, anyone that's your role model, your idol, someone that you look up to, if you go out and build yourself a platform and take the plunge like you guys have, then you know you'll never know where it can take you, and you'll end up, you know, you'll learn a bunch about yourself, but you'll also have great interactions, and you'll you'll get you'll have the ability to get to people that you, you want to learn from and you want to become friends with and you just admire, you know? So um, I think just always valuing, you know, taking the plunge and, and, uh, and having a crack, that's, you know, yeah. something that I've definitely taken away from starting the podcast. 
because it's not something that I just I, I was super confident with from the start. Yeah. Um, look, man, I don't know if that answered your question. I, Mate, I, I it did. It, it, definitely, it definitely did. You know, I figured out the meaning of life, but just made the world a better place. I think mm. is the uh, <laughs> the interim meaning of life before you actually <laughs> did one. think of a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's super cool. It's really, I know, it's really an interesting medium to be able to get to know people because just thinking about it then. I think I sought you out initially because of the podcast and then got to know you a little bit and, and you put me on to Drew. Um, mm. Shout out to the great man. <laughs> um, and like like my whole world has changed over the last kind of couple of months because of this this kind of stuff and the networking yeah. that comes from it. So yeah, it's crazy. incredibly valuable. Mm. Yeah. Um, I just want to touch on, you mentioned that you don't think Adventure Fit is as successful as you want it to be or as it could be. Mm. What is success to you? When, when we get to the stage, we say, yeah, I've done it. I've made a success of this. Yeah. Well, that's something that I'm probably not that great at as well, because I said that very same thing once at a, at a, at one of Drew's weekends with a bunch of other business owners and, and everybody knew AdventureFit that was in the room pretty much. I didn't, we didn't, we didn't know each other, but most people knew of AdventureFit and they were just shaking their heads. They're like, man, it's it's already so successful. Like, how is it not successful? You've made so many people happy. You've, you know, you've created a business that looks the part, you know, it's, it's, it's not going anywhere soon, you know, yep. which is better than a lot of, well, most other business owners. Yeah. So I get that. For me, I, I enjoy being an entrepreneur. I enjoy building something that I'm passionate about that I think can be great, but I don't enjoy feeling like I'm running a million miles an hour to keep this thing afloat at all times. And I always feel like that. I do feel like that at all, at all points in time. So um, for me, um, I really do feel like I'll, I'll be successful. I'll look at it as successful when I am not looking over my shoulder every day for, you know, yeah. for things that can... Yeah. We're financially not out of the woods, basically, you know? When I can go, right, my life is a good balance... I have my leisure back, I have time, I have a buffer of money in the bank, and we have a sales marketing system that we can keep adventure to float relatively predictably. Cool. I mean, everything else is successful. The product's fucking amazing. The podcast is my crowning achievement. You know, of the brand looks great. Like I, everything else is absolutely sweet. Yeah. But as a business, it's not it's not where it needs to be. And I just like to get I'm never gonna be probably a nine to five, you know, kind of guy. I'll probably always put in a little bit more because I'm just always excited to see what I can do with adventure. But I, I suppose when I can get a little bit more balance back and I, I don't have to worry about things, you know, yeah, things crumbling down. Yeah, then cool. yeah, that's probably when I'm going to feel like I'm relatively successful. I suppose so. Very nice. We got a bunch of. Uh Somewhat random questions for you to finish up. You guys, cool. you guys do what six for six? Six for six. six yeah. For six. six for six. So ours is just uh, a bunch of random ones. Yeah. <laughs> yes, one yes, no. Who who are you? Who are your biggest influences? Means mentors, people that have helped you along the way. Who are the people that come to mind straight away? Um, so I've had a few in person mentors that are that you know face to face mentors that I know that have that have really helped me. Um. Look, one of them. One of them was uh, so. First was probably Rob McNaught. Rob owned Peregrine Adventure Tours. He helped me very, very early, early on. Um, Peregrine sold to um, Intrepid uh, for twenty million dollars like ten years ago. Wow. So he was relatively successful in the in the travel industry. Um, he helped me very early days. That was really good. 
Paul Harmeis is a big one for me. He's a guy that's been on our podcast, actually. Um, so Paul reached out to me, and, and uh, the email read like a job, like like a job application, you know. And I get yeah. I get emails, resumes all the time, like you know, every week. Yeah. And I, I read it. Hey, Bill, I'm wondering if you need any help. I'd love to help you. Help. I can't remember what it said, to be perfectly honest. But yeah. then I have a canned response that I'll tailor to people. I'll, I'll tweak, but it comes from email. Hey, look, um, thanks for reaching out, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, we don't have any positions at the moment. We'd love to give everyone a job. You know, I'll make it a little bit personal on whatever yeah. they've told me. So I just kind of sent that back to Paul. Paul said, he, he wrote back and said, mate, I don't know what you think this is, but I'm asking if you need any help. And then I like clicked on his <laughs> clicked on his profile and like his email signature and stuff. I'm like, oh shit, I fucked this right. <laughs> so he didn't want a job. He wanted to help. Yeah, he wanted to help me. So Paul's climbed the seven summits. So that's the tallest tallest mountain on every continent of the world. He was a younger CEO CEO of an investment bank. He was 26 in the world. Um, that's really cool. Um, he's he's an amazing bloke and an investor and businessman. And so Paul and I are pretty close. We catch up a bunch, so that's good. Um, Daryl Way from Intrepid, we have a good relationship. He's, he's helped me out a lot. Um, he's probably the most powerful Australian man in travel, I would say. Him and his, his partner, Manch, I would say. He's we'll been on the podcast. Yeah, he's yeah, been I on the podcast. That was the first one I listened to. Yeah, it was and a good one. I really liked it. Um, yeah, so Daryl's been great. And then, you know, people that have... That I've spent time with as in business coaches and stuff. So Drew's actually quite a quite a mentor to me, even though he's four years younger than me. And he's a total knucklehead, but um, <laughs> Drew, Drew's great. I, I, you know, I think me and Drew go. I feel like me and Drew go head to head, though. You know, with like thoughts, thoughts and philosophies on business and life and stuff. I feel yeah. like I give back probably not as much as he gives me because he's coaching me. But I feel like I give quite a lot back to Drew. I feel like and I feel like I'll be able to in the future. So that's cool and. And Ariane, my business coach last year, was very really big to me. But there's people around the world that I look at that are inspirations, and that's like, um, like Aubrey Marcus is a big one from On It. Yeah, yeah. So Aubrey, I look at Aubrey and what he's done with On It. He's a few years ahead of me with when he started On It, where they're at. He's a few years older than me with with you know himself and his life, and I see a lot of similarities in the way that he thinks of the way that I am and the yeah. way I, I really like Aubrey, and I think that's he's got a really good mix. Um, and then there's a lot of companies out there that I, that I look up to and that I aspire to as well. And, and um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's probably, that's probably- Lots of different ones. Yeah, 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 no one in, in particular, but a lot of people have helped me along the way. Yeah, and yeah. yes, you get inspirations day to day as well, not just from certain people and companies, but- um, Yeah, for sure, for sure. People inspire me all day, every day, you know, like friends and people that have on the podcast and, and anyone out there being an entrepreneur, but I mean, I do, I do, I look to, I look to people that are at the top, and I try and I try and emulate them and their steps because there's no point in me looking at somebody that's, you know, I want to look at somebody that's at a level ten. I'm at a level three. If I want to look at somebody that's a level ten, that's what I want to aspire to. I don't want to, you know, I'm all well played and fair game to anyone that's gotten their business to a level six, but. There's no point aiming for level six and getting level four. I'm for, yeah. You know, I want to aim for level ten and get to level ten. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I spend a lot of time listening to books of other entrepreneurs, and, and probably the one that I that I probably align with best is Richard Branson, um, just because he is obviously a fantastic businessman and has done amazing things, and I'm sure his business acumen is outstanding. But his persona, and I'm not just saying that because Richard Branson's a fucking like a cool guy, <laughs> yeah. but like I've, you know, 
I've spent a lot of time listening and reading about you know Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Steve Jobs and um, all these different entrepreneurs. And I don't really see too much of myself in those guys, you know, and the, and the way that they run their businesses, the way that their, their personalities are. I don't see much of myself. I take a lot of things and a lot of ideas from the, their stories. But Richard Branson and the way, that he, the way that he looks at business, the way that he looks at relationships with people, um, I really connect with. I feel like that's my style. That's me. So um, I read anything and everything from Richard Branson. Um, but yeah, I try and, I try and you know, yeah, I try and find the guys that have done it the best and then I try and take bits and pieces from, from those guys and try and build my own philosophy with life and business, I suppose. Cool. Right. As an extension of that, what's what's your favourite book? Shantaram. Say it again, Shantaram. Can you elaborate? <laughs> 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 um, Shantaram. How was it meant? Shantaram. I like, was having a go. Uh, like what you don't know. Like, how can it be anything else? Um, Shantaram, so I read Shantaram and I read Marching Powder, which was probably my favorite book before Shantaram and Rusty and I, that's the perfect example of like someone who I'm friends with from the podcast. Yeah. Rusty's the author of Marching Powder, we're buddies now, it's, it's great. But we re- I read Marching Powder, me and my mate Corey read it. Me and Corey got like a little bit of a book club basically and we just back and forth, hey, you got to read this, you got to read that, have you read this? And he said to me, he goes, mate, you've got to get on Shantaram. I said, well, tell me what he means. He's like, it's like, it's like Marching Powder plus some <laughs> and I was like fuck you serious it's better much better it's 900 pages so it was a, it's oh, a wow. big chunk of a book but it's a story of a guy and it's loosely based on a true story it's not actually it's, it went from the non-fiction to the fiction section right. um, after a bit of debate and stuff it's a story of a guy who divorces his wife loses his kids loses his job robs banks goes to jail breaks out of jail flees to India Right, so that whole section is contained in the first three pages, and then the next 897 pages are his, his life in India. So he um, befriends, he has no money, no friends, no nothing. He befriends a, a young Indian dude who lives in the slum, goes and lives in a slum for six months, goes into the into the um, jungle for six months, lives with his family in there, comes back to tour base in Mumbai, or when it was Bombay, ends up entering the Bombay Mafia, the head of the mafia is part of the Mujahideen freedom fighters in Afghanistan in the 80s. He goes and fights with the Mujahideen in fucking Afghanistan. Right. All this stuff's real. Some of the stories, the stories pieced together artificially, basically. Characters are amalgamated. Things are placed around, you know, right. um, placed all over the place that, that, that certain um, certain things that he, that he actually got up to. But it's based pretty well on a true story. And he falls in love along the way and all kinds of crazy shit. So Shantaram... Nice. It's still to this day the only book that has ever made me cry on the last last to second last page. Oh, fuck it. No spoilers, man. No spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> it was, but I was so emotionally invested. I thought to myself, fuck. Like, it wasn't really, it was ending well. It was cool. Like, but I thought to myself, fuck, I'm so emotionally invested in this book. Like, I wonder how it's going to end. Like, it's got to, it's got to end with just something just life changing. And then it got to the second last page and I read a certain line about a certain character and whatever. <laughs> And I read it, I read it, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh. oh no. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck's happening? I'm crying. I'm reading a book. So good. And then, uh, yeah, so it's fucking awesome. I, I recommend it to anyone. And then my favorite non-fiction book is probably maybe Sapiens. Sapiens, which is it's on my, it's my read list. Oh, it's the best. Right. Just uh, makes you understand the things yeah. that we do and all illuminates you don't really understand the things that we do but 
brings light on the silly things, puts light on the silly things we do as humans. I think everyone yeah. should read Sapiens as well. That's cool. That's just cool. two for you. A three-part question on the first thing that comes in your head. If you could train with anyone in the world, who would it be? If you could have anyone in the po- anyone in the world on your podcast, who would it be? And if you could be anywhere in the world right now, where would it be? Um, it would be simultaneous. No, I want to bang, bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> if I could train with anyone in the world, it would be... You say Bolt? Good. Good yeah. answer. I just... I'll just run laps with him. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hang around him. Yeah. Um, anyone on the podcast would be fuck. There's three. Surely you've thought about this. Oh, I have. Yeah. There's three, oh. and it's hard to split them. So I'll probably say Elon Musk. Two and three would be Joe Rogan and Ricky Gervais. Mm-hmm. Um, and anywhere I'd like to be right now, I would like to be in Mancora in Peru at a hostel named Lake Del Mar. I have to nice. listen back because I'll be in uh, I'll be in South America in March. Yeah, for six weeks. It's my favorite spot on the planet. Favorite hostel. Favorite. Best two weeks of my life. It's a, it's a big thing to live up to. Yeah, it's pretty big. Um, cool. Yep. I like it. Awesome. Um, what is your morning routine if you do have one? Yeah, I've definitely got one. So I'll wake up around. I try and wake up at six, but it's more normally six thirty. Um, I try and get eight hours sleep and I never plan it hard enough to get up at six. But it's cool, so I normally, I start work at, try and get in the office at 8.30, 9 o'clock. And if I get in at 8.30, then I would have had time to wake up, I'll walk. First, as I wake up, before I do anything, I'll unlock Ziggy's crate. Ziggy sleeps in a crate probably five days a week and then a couple of nights he'll sleep with me. But I'll always open his crate, even at like 5 a.m. I might open his crate and he'll come and like cuddle up with me. Um, then when my alarm goes off, I'll get up, have a shower. Uh, the last couple of minutes of that shower will be cold, so I'll finish on a cold shower, get the body firing, uh, wake myself up. Then I'll sit back down on my bed and I'll meditate for 10 to 15 minutes. Um, pretty pretty good now, it took me a long time to really get a proper routine with that, but I'm pretty well every day now. Um, then I will, I've taken to writing my gratitude journal when I get to work now, but a lot of the time I'll, I'll sit down and I'll, for two minutes I'll write three things I'm grateful for. Then I'll have a good breakfast. I'll walk Ziggy for half an hour, normally down the beach. And then if I can fit anything else in, then I'll try and fit in some reading. But that's if I, if I got up at six every day, I would read for half an hour. Yeah. I, read, I try and read half an hour every day anyway. But um, that would be cool to add that to my morning, morning routine. Yeah. Um, and from time to time, very rarely I might, I want to maybe do a bit more. I'll throw in like a 10 minute workout. I'll just wake up and just do 10, 10 minutes of burpees or Go yeah. to roll for ten minutes before I have a shower. Um, cool. So yeah, it's pretty rare. Like if I don't, if I don't nail most of that, I'll be like, fuck. Like this morning, for example, for some reason, I never sleep in. I slept past. I must have put turned my alarm off and slept for an extra hour. Had breakfast with my mate, so Ziggy didn't get walked. I meditated quickly. Look, I just didn't t- tick off anyone near as much, and yeah. it's okay. But you know, I was kind of like, fuck. <clears throat> yeah, I'm the same. I have a few things that I try and tick off every morning, and then, but if I don't hit it, then. I just feel like I haven't ticked the box. I haven't, yeah. compl- haven't fully like um, filled my potential for that morning. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's good to get wins before you start work. You know, you can go to work and just get absolutely pulverized with just shit, yeah. bad vibes, bad, yeah. bad, yeah, shit things happening in your business. So if you can win the day before you even start the day, yeah. Um, I actually wrote a blog on this recently. The last blog I wrote for AdventureFit was about my morning. It was called. I have a, why I have a morning routine and why you should have why you should do 
And I had my morning routine, I gave it a score, like meditation was like two, two points, walking my dog on the beach was like three points, yeah. gratitude journaling was one point, whatever, and I gave myself a score of my morning, I scored like 12, 12 positive points, you know? And then I made a list of like 30 other things that you could do and challenge people to, to you know, yeah. make their own score up, because my morning routine isn't necessarily the best morning routine for everyone, but I think getting up early and doing things that are of benefit to you to feel like you've got wins on the board, you know, runs on the board early, yeah. then it's really, yeah, it's really positive. And that might just be like waking up early to just have sex with your girlfriend. Socks Ticking boxes. <laughs> yeah. Ticking boxes. <laughs> that was a five-pointer, by the way, in my five. Board, right? Five? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. What are we out for? 12? Five-pointer. Yeah, okay. Well, 12's mad. 12's mad. I'm for 13 then. Yeah. <laughs> Don't overthink yeah. this question. What's the nicest thing you've ever done for someone? Mm. Mm. Um, probably um, I my go to is my friend's mum when she had cancer I ran a raffle for her uh, yeah that was probably it nice, nice. yeah nice. she didn't have uh, the, the cancer she the, the treatment she had wasn't subsidised by the government because it was like a new thing and then my mate, one of my best mates, Truzzy, um, told me about it and I was just like, don't worry about it man, we'll do the Great Adventure Raffle and we'll just do it early, we'll do it with your mum. And I didn't really think about it too much, um, but it really was really positive to him, it was a really nice thing and I did put in a lot of, fuck, it was like 80 hours of work or whatever and it was nice and got in some money and stuff. That was something that I put on my um, vision board that I made earlier in the year when I was talking about, right, helping people is what I want to do, what makes me happiest. Uh, I put up a photo of drawing that raffle with Anne standing next to me and Zach uh, as well. So that's something that comes awesome. to mind. Yeah, that's awesome. um, cool. Yeah, um, uh, that made me feel pretty pretty good about myself. And, and Zach really really appreciated it. You know, like and Anne yeah, as well awesome. obviously did so. Good. Yeah, that was that was good. It's awesome. Yeah. It's the nicest thing someone's ever done for you. Hmm. Fuck. Fucking, oh, that's a tough one. Um, if before I answer, I'm terrible with this because like um, Emma, my, my my I call her sis. She's my brother's girlfriend. They've been together forever. She's she's basically she's my sister. She looked after Ziggy while I was away in Vietnam, and I never thanked her. Um, and Mum had a go at me about it, so I called Emma and I pretended like Mum didn't tell me about it, like no one, because apparently Emma was a bit miffed about it. So I called Emma and you know thanked her and so on and so forth and it's not because I don't appreciate it but I just I'm so busy I but I'm probably not the best at noticing when people do nice things for me I've got a lot of good character traits I think I'm a really good person but I've also got a lot of faults too and one of my faults is um, probably not giving people the um, credit they deserve or noticing when people do do things nice for me um, yeah so I'll say the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me was when Emma looked after my dog Ziggy when I was in Vietnam. <laughs> it was the best. Was the greatest. <laughs> what Good. a legend. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I, I don't, I'm not really sure. Like, something I definitely need to improve on is, you know, thank people and, and just, like, noticing when people are going out. It's hard to years. give yourself 10 seconds to kind of breathe and think and actually have that thought process. Yeah. When, especially when you go, go, go all the time, which yeah. I get a little bit. Mm, for sure. I'm sure you would. Okay. This is the last one for me. Um, top three things you take when you travel? Um, a book. I read a lot and I enjoy reading. I really, if I don't have a book and I've got downtime, I'll be a little bit annoyed. Um, 
my phone as much as it sucks. But again, I just love uh, love having 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 I love having uh, music to listen to in downtime and then podcasts and audiobooks. Um, if I didn't have the podcast app and the audiobook app, they didn't exist. If it wasn't for Steve Jobs and, and the iPhone, I'd be <laughs> I'd be fuck, I'd be yeah. I, I love Steve. Love yeah. Cheers, cheers, Steve. I love those <laughs> <Boy>. um, <laughs> love those apps. And then third thing that I take when I am traveling is. Um, well, my, my most important travel document used to sit inside of the um, slip of my passport, uh, and it wasn't my passport. It was a note. I since lost this. I'm fucking gutted about it. <laughs> my friend Leon, um, when I very first started traveling, I did six months through South America. Um, my trip was... My mate Leon had already, I was 24, my mate Leon had already backpacked all through Europe and he'd already lived in Canada. He was finishing his year living in Canada and he was going through Mexico and our paths crossed for three days. And he's one of my greatest friends. So we spent three days together in Mexico, had the best three days ever. And what we did was like, Leon was really good at meeting people. I'm really good at meeting people, but I didn't really, I'd never done it before, you know, traveling around, hostels and so forth. And Leon had befriended and already prepared a crew for us basically of, and a couple of them were these two really outlandish really loud kind of Geordie Shaw looking pommy girls <laughs> and, um, and they were so loud and obnoxious and just like normally ideally they're the people that like I would cross in the street back in the day and I would just not really give the time of day to or not go out of my way to, to make friends with and, and see, see the people that they are yeah anyway they became my best friends for three days had the most amazing time it was fucking awesome and then I kept travelling Leon went home and then Leon said to me at one point, he said, um, "Do you did you get that um, did you get that uh, document that, I, that that letter that I put in your uh, in your travel guide?" And I said, "No, no, I never got it." And shook my travel guide, and then this piece of paper fell out, and it said, "Hey, mate, just wanted to let you know that you know you're a great person. Um, back yourself in at all times, and make sure you never judge a book by its cover." And uh, and wrote this big note for me about how to travel, the person that I am, and, and you know the things to remember that you know that really um, always will ring true. And that was my most prized possession as as somebody who travels a lot was this one document that I slapped, I slipped in my um, passport case next to my passport, so I'd never lose it. And then I lost my passport slip when I was checking into a flight once, and I nice. ran back. I'm like, I've lost my passport case. I've lost my passport case. They're like, Oh, you've lost your passport. I'm like, No. I lost a little bit of paper that was sitting next to my passport. Yeah, fuck my passport. That's heartbreaking. So, um, that's amazing. So, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much it, lads. Last one for you. Yep. Favorite quote. Um, Favorite quote Life sucks, live the dream. Oh, good. Love it. Very, very good. How can uh, how can people find out about AdventureFit and what you do? Um, www.adventurefittravel.com is where we house most of our stuff. Adventure Travel on all the socials, podcasts at Adventure Radio. I'm uh, Doc's Adventure Life on Instagram and Doc at AdventureTravel.com. If anyone has any questions, they want to email me, feel free. Perfect. That's pretty much it. Mate, thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Cheers, man. Yeah, thanks, boys. (laughs)